0: Welcome to a special edition of Gospel Truth with Andrew Womack, a teaching ministry that focuses on God's unconditional love and grace. On today's broadcast, Andrew will be sharing about the importance of having a biblical worldview. And now, here's Andrew. Welcome
1: to our Thursday's
0: broadcast
1: of the Gospel Truth. Today, I'm nearing the end of my second week where we've been focusing on this new product that is entitled Biblical Worldview Sexuality. AND I TELL YOU, WE'VE COVERED A LOT OF DIFFERENT SUBJECTS. TODAY, WE ARE GOING TO HAVE MIKE AND CARRIE PICKETT ADDRESS TRANSGENDERISM. I TELL YOU, THIS IS SO ABSURD. AND I KNOW THAT SOME PEOPLE MAY BE OFFENDED BY ME SAYING THAT, BUT THE BIBLE DOES NOT TEACH THIS. GOD MADE THEM ADAM AND EVE, NOT ADAM AND STEVE, OR NOT ADAM AND WHATEVER THE 29 GENDERS ARE. THE BIBLE IS VERY CLEAR ON THIS, AND IF YOU GET CONFUSED ABOUT YOUR OWN SEXUALITY AND DON'T UNDERSTAND THIS, IT'S GOING TO CONFUSE EVERYTHING ELSE IN YOUR LIFE. MIKE AND CARRIE PICKETT ARE VICE PRESIDENTS OF MY MINISTRY. THEY RUN OUR CARRIEST BIBLE COLLEGES AROUND THE WORLD, AND uh, THEY ARE GOING TO MINISTER ON TRANSGENDERISM TODAY. THIS IS ONLY GOING TO BE A PORTION OF THE TEACHING. IT WON'T BE THE ENTIRETY. SO IF YOU WANT TO GET THE REST OF IT, MAKE SURE YOU STAY TUNED AT THE END OF THE PROGRAM. WE'LL BE GIVING YOU INFORMATION HOW YOU CAN RECEIVE THE ENTIRETY OF THIS TEACHING, ALSO HOW YOU CAN GET THIS BRAND NEW SET ON BIBLICAL WORLDVIEW SEXUALITY.
2: Hello, everybody, and welcome to this next session on the biblical worldview sexuality. My name is Mike Pickett. This is my beautiful wife, Carrie. Hello. And we have the privilege of working with Andrew. We're the vice presidents of Karis Bible College, and we're just really excited to be with you here during this time, during the season. Our next topic that we're gonna be covering is actually gonna be transgenderism. It's a bit of a hot topic in today's world as as we're seeing it -hmm. coming more and more to the forefront uh, of society, with uh, with things that are happening on so many different levels. But before we get into that, um, we wanted to first cover a little bit of history because oftentimes we think that things are just happening just because it's it's the growth in society. Or, yeah, but or, it's
3: all new and somehow it's a new thing. But the enemy has got the same old tricks right. that he'll just repeat over and over again. And because of that, it actually gives us as believers a lot of Ability to see where the enemy's going and to see his tactics so that we know how to respond versus just feeling like, well, it's just the course of the world. It is what it is. We just have to accept it. It's just the worldview and, you know, what can we do as Christians? But honestly, this is a huge topic. Transgenderism is a huge worldview that the enemy is trying to tell everybody they have to accept. Verses for you and I as a believer, we get to go back to the word of God. Find out what the word of God is. So,
2: we're going to be talking mostly in reference to the United States simply because the, to talk about the whole world would be, would be <laughs> a little a
3: little overwhelming. Little, a little daunting.
2: <laughs> so, we're going to stick with the US and give you some statistics that are based out of there. But I think that you'll find that the parameters yeah. are pretty much the same wherever you go. People are in different cultures are basically the same because we all, we all have the same wants, the same desires, the same needs.
3: And the same enemy that will hit people right. in the same, pretty much exactly the same categories.
2: So to give you a little bit of history, in 1934, a gentleman by the name of Joseph Daniel Unwin published a book called Sex and Culture. And now Unwin himself was an anthropologist as well as an instructor at both Oxford and Harvard universities. Mm -hmm. Very brilliant man. To my knowledge, he was not a a religious man. I believe he was more of a scientist, Mm -hmm. scientist based. And so uh, he wrote his book Sex and Culture was actually 600 plus pages long. That's and so a lot of pages. There's, there's a lot of pages that, that actually, that he looked at in there. But yeah. the basis study of his book was that he looked at over 86 different cultures, societies, and civilizations. Yeah. And through the process, what he looked at was over a 5,000 year period. Wow. And he wanted to see the patterns that developed in society. So he can begin to map out the history that, that happened there. Now, 600 pages is a lot to read. So if you want to look online, there's a gentleman by the name of Kirk Durston who actually produced a, a, a brief summary about this, which is a great read. It's very to the point, gives you a lot of information. It's a really good read. But what Unwin found um, was that at first he, he looked for patterns within these different civilizations over that 5,000-year period. And basically, he broke it down into four different patterns of how those societies related to the world around them, basically how they related to nature. Mm-hmm. Now, the first one, the first pattern that he discovered was people who are very self focused. Basically, their societies were based upon their wants, their needs, their desires. That's how they related to the world around them. Whatever was important to yeah. them is how they looked at things. They, they gathered things to themselves and they did things for for pretty selfish motives. Mm -hmm. The second one was more of a superstitious basis, people relating based upon traditions or based upon how they treat their dead, things like that, very superstitious in nature, a lot of belief in ghosts and things like that. The third one, third pattern that he discovered was cultures where people had a belief in a God or many gods. So that was more of a deistic culture. And there's a lot of amazing things that he discovered about that too. And finally, the fourth pattern that he discovered was much more of a rationalistic point of view, where people really based how they viewed nature around them based upon science, based upon the things that they could prove, based upon hypothesis and proofs. So whatever they could prove is what they they believed and what they felt was the reality around them.
3: So and then interestingly enough, he began to look at how each society operated in sexual restraint. Both premarital and postmarital. Yeah. So,
2: and it's amazing how he joined those two philosophies and how, yeah. how people view nature and then how people interact with one another.
3: Interact with one another, especially in the aspect of sexuality. So, premarital. So, there was complete sexual freedom with no restraints, mm-hmm. and that was according to the culture. And then also, there was a premarital that was chastity before marriage. Also, the postmarital, there were several different traits or examples that he started to look at. That was one spouse at a time with the possibility of some sexual separation or divorce. Then postmarital, there was men with many wives, but the wife could leave if she wanted to. There were cultures that men with many wives, but the wife was not allowed to leave. Or there was the monogamy, which was one spouse for a full lifetime. So these were the two different styles, premarital and postmarital.
2: That's really amazing because um again, you think, why are we talking about history? And mm-hmm. we just want to say once once more that history always repeats itself. So there's always patterns throughout history. That's why what the enemy is trying to do in the world today is actually rewrite our histories, trying to change our philosophies for the future by rewriting what has happened in the past. That's why yeah. it's so important that we really do understand these. Because when we, if we can understand what has happened in the past, we can learn from those mistakes. And we can understand that the impact that we're having is not just for this generation, but for the many generations mm-hmm. that are to come. That's right. So, what did Unwin find out? This is what he said: the more restraints pre or post marriage,
3: the more sexual restraints, more
2: sexual restraints mm-hmm. pre or yeah. post marriage, the more the culture flourished. That's in art, that's in literature, that's in mm-hmm. entertainment, that's in agriculture, that's economically, that's that's expanding as well. That's in all those different areas. So, the more restraints that were placed on the society sexually the more the culture flourish. And
3: when it talks about restraints, you are talking about just boundaries and understandings like this is what you do or don't do, yeah. which, you know, again, you learn from your parents or you learn from, you know, churches, you learn from education, you learn from your school. So there's just things that were culturally were acceptable or unacceptable at that time. And it led to how then they thrived or did not thrive. That's right.
2: And conversely, the more sexual freedom always led to the collapse of the society within a certain amount of time. And typically, he said, it was within three generations once they hit that aspect of relating to culture based upon their own wants, their own needs, and their own desires, which and was it, really and it's interesting. interesting.
3: When he talks about three generations, a generation was typically around 30 years. Correct. So when he talks about sexual freedom, that if a culture accepted complete sexual freedom, whatever, whenever, however, whoever type of thing As it started to accept and embrace that, they started to see the degradation of their generations, three generations ago, which I think is really interesting because as we start talking about today, there's these worldviews that say anything, anytime, anyplace, anywhere, anyone. And so they're trying, the enemy's really trying to put this Freedom, the sexual freedom as a a way to say that you're really prosperous and you're really, you know, intellectual because you have just learned how to embrace and tolerate everything. But actually, it actually starts to destroy our nation.
2: And one of the interesting facts that Unwin discovered through this process was the most important factor in determining the destiny of a culture was actually whether or not they were chased before marriage. So basically, if they were walking through impurity prior to getting married, he said that was the single most important factor in determining what was going to happen. He said for those cultures that threw that particular aspect away, what happens is eventually that would turn into a dead culture or, or a very self-serving culture. He actually defined that type of a culture as an inert or a dead culture. And typically, within three generations, it would pass away. It could be conquered if by they, another culture. If they
3: left if, pre-chastity, if, if they
2: left pre-marital chastity, um, the results of that were much more devastating to the entire culture than just the individuals that were partaking in it.
3: Not amazing. See, when you think about it, and I think we've talked about this other whether well, other lessons from the other teachers, John chapter ten, verse ten: the enemy comes to steal kill and destroy. He's not just after one person's sexuality and enjoyment, but he's after the model and the culture and the generations. That's what the enemy's after. That's He's right. actually after generations and nations. That's right. He's not just after you and I sexuality, but it starts there. That's why it's so important when you and I take ownership. Mm-hmm. And hence the reason that Andrew Womack decided that this needs to be a topic that the church becomes equipped with because in biblical world sexuality, we need to know how to stand as the individual to be influencers on light and salt. Because if we don't, then the generations after this are not going to see it.
2: Yeah. Another one of Umwun's findings was that he looked at the cultures again, and he found that the cultures that combine premarital chastity and postmarital—that I don't mean after your marriage is over—I mean after you get married—postmarital monogamy, and that's a husband staying with his wife, a wife staying with her husband and just being the two of them for the rest of their lives, he said that within three generations, those types of cultures reach the peak of society, again, in every area. That's education, that's literature, that's art, that's agriculture, that's economics. All these different factors, when put into place when people, Walk in premarital chastity and postmarital monogamy. So again, you go back to the word of God and discover the principles that have been laid out in the word of mm-hmm. God are really powerful because yeah. what they do is they they get, they empower society to really walk in the prosperity that God has envisioned for them, that, that God has ordained for them. So when you when you accept these biblical principles that that Unwin is, is research, researching here and finding out, what we're discovering is that uh, they always come with with a greater prosperity and provision than any other type of relating to society.
3: And the reason that we're talking about this is again going back to what we just said. It's more than just about our generation, but really as believers, understanding how to reach the next generations, our children. Right our grandchildren, we start looking at the generations ahead of us. I mean, even the Bible talks about that children are our arrows. And I always say our children are the arrows into the future generation. So. I- Therefore, why it's so important to understand what the enemy's trying to push now mm-hmm. will only become more aggressive 10, 20, 30 years Absolutely. from now. And so that's why we have to, as a culture, understand God's view on it. As believers, as children of God, what does God say about this? And learn how to communicate that with passion. Learn how to communicate that with truth so that people can be set free. Because again, the enemy's trying to steal, kill, and destroy in all of this. That's right.
2: Another one of the findings that Unwin actually looked at was that he looked at those societies that had total sexual freedom, both prior to getting married and also within marriage. That's people who were free to have sex before getting married. And then people who were free to have sex with whomever they wanted to. Even within marriage. Even within the marriage Mm -hmm. covenant. And he found that without exception, they always collapsed within three generations. That's approximately 90 years. And sometimes it was even sooner than that so what had happened again is that we saw we saw what happened with sexual restraints where people flourished Mm -hmm. the same type of thing happened when it came to people being sexually free it always led to to their demise and what happens is that what he said pretty repeatedly was that people they would come to a place where they would always seek after their own self interests they were interested Mm -hmm. in their needs their wants their desires but never that of society they were very much self-focused self-centered and of course whenever you have a people who's self-centered it's always about looking after yourself and never about looking after the people around you and so what happens is that although that particular generation that began that process does enjoy some level of prosperity within those three generations after them comes the demise of those different cultures
3: yeah So this is important for us to then look at because as we go down and we look at history, we start to realize patterns like Mike said, but then we also say, okay, how to then as believers, once we recognize them, just say, okay, how do we fight for them with the word of God? So as we just go down and we've mentioned this before and you're going to hear different statistics, but just about just how, again, in the 1960s, 70s, as we got there, there's a sexual revolution, right?
2: All of a sudden, sex with whomever you wanted to have sex with was perfectly legitimate, it was fine. True
3: love, you know, make love, not war type of dynamics, right? Everyone
2: got their Volkswagen bugs out.
3: (laughs) You know, and so what happens is then sex before marriage and then living with each other outside of marriage, that started this pattern. So then in the 70s, it gets more aggressive, 80s, 90s. So then divorce rates abortion rates, uh, rape, all of these things keeps growing and growing. Within those things also, the whole pornography industry really gets on its feet because again, there's sexual freedom, so we can look at, do anything, take advantage of anyone, and propagate it.
2: Yeah, all these different perversions that people considered perversions in the past all of a sudden became mainstream. Yeah, so because when pe- when now people-
3: we're watching it on movies, and you know, we, there's there's scenes in movies now you can get you can go to R-rated movie, and there's going to be outright sex scenes, yeah. rape scenes, all those things. They just it's again this bold boldness of the enemy to put things out there and just say it's acceptable. So it's totally fine.
2: I mean, you can go to some different places and you can find movie theaters that are strictly there to show X-rated movies. That's oh, yeah. por- pornographic movies. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it went from very much being a shameful thing behind closed doors to being out in the open and in, in many different respects, very celebrated by society and saying, and like Carrie said, people saying, make love, don't, not war and do whatever makes you feel good, man. It's, it's, <laughs> everything's everything's good. <laughs> everything's fine. Because their, their mentality was, I'm yeah. not hurting anybody. Yeah. It's not impacting anybody besides me. I can do whatever I want because I'm my own person. And all of a sudden, what well, we talked about, those dead societies, those those what Unwin identified as inert societies, it's all about their own self-interest, their own wants, their own needs. They have no concern about the people
3: around them. And it's not just even no concern about the people around them but this whole dynamic even within marriage and god i don't care what god wants anymore because i'm my own person i have my own free will so i'll do whatever i want yeah. and you'll hear us talk about just the beauty of the marriage covenant And why God even created marriage was so that sexuality could fit within that. And so if he could take it outside of that, then what the enemy does is he keeps saying, okay, let's add Mm -hmm. some more. Let's keep putting further and further deeper things outside of God's original plan onto the table. And again, it's slow. He'll start those things. But then as a generation accepts it, you know, I was talking to someone the other day. It's like what a person... this is what the enemy will do with a person. He'll say, okay, this is acceptable, right? It's acceptable. So, okay. So, you know, well, you, me, we're different. Right. And then as a generation, as they continue to get more aggressive with it, then it becomes where I need to tolerate it. Right? Like, okay. So, okay. I, I just can't. All right. Your, your deal, whatever. Then it becomes legalized legalized abortion, legalized homosexuality, it becomes the law of the land. When it becomes the law of the land, not only do I need to obey it, now there's this push, now I have to celebrate it. If if I don't celebrate it, then I get declared as somebody who's a hater yeah. and all of those things. It's again, it's a whole agenda of the enemy to take us slowly from generation yeah. to generation, where in the 60s, they weren't thinking about legalizing something, but they guaranteed the start and the process of legalizing these things. And,
2: and you look at it, like Carrie said, it did happen very slowly. It, it started off with the point of just accept me. And then the aspect of just accept all of us. And now if you don't accept it, then you're against all of us and you're against society. It's a slow turning point. And, and the, the, the mentality is, is, is like Carrie said, it's not just about you obeying it. It's, it's you being okay with it. It's mm-hmm. you going against anything on the inside of you that says it's wrong, oh, I must be wrong. So therefore, or, or them saying to you, you're wrong yes. for thinking that what I'm doing is wrong. And who are you to tell me what I, what I can and cannot do?
3: Which then it comes back and this is really key. This is why as believers, we need to understand the tactics of the enemy because once some, something gets legalized and celebrated, celebrated gets educated.
0: That's all right true.
3: so when we celebrate something then now we're going to teach homosexual sex to your children in sure. kindergarten first second yes. third grade now we're going to have drag queens come in and do story hours now not only are we legalizing it, celebrating it now we're educating it when it gets educated then we what are we doing we're just speeding up the process of the degeneration of our nation,
2: and then and then again, people can do whatever they want, no matter what positions they hold in society. As well, mm-hmm. I know right now in our state, the chief gentleman who's going, who's a drag queen, who's going to read at different libraries, is actually an elementary school teacher as well. Mm-hmm. And so, this is a person who's being the most celebrated for being the most out there for really indoctrinating children as young as three years old and really giving them a lot of confusion behind oh, wow. behind these different principles. Uh, and this is a great lead into what we are going to be talking about, and that is transgenderism. And I just want to say first of all, that God loves us all. God loves every single person who's caught up in these different things in homosexuality and transgenderism, and whatever those things might be.
3: and he's he's provided a way of escape. He's provided the cross. He's provided his love. Yeah. He's provided freedom. And so we can address these, Areas And we can truly say what it is and what it isn't, knowing that people can come back to God. So we want you to hear what we're saying, because anyone can be lost. Anyone can go down paths that they never thought they'd ever go down.
2: As a matter of fact, nobody's perfect. No. We all make our mistakes. And
3: here's the deal. When we talk about sin... When we talk about homosexuality and fornication and adultery and pornography, when we talk about all of these things, transgenderism, yes, we're talking about sin because it is outside of God's original design and plan. Right. And so, when, but when we also talk about that, we can also talk about all the other sins that are included. That's lying, stealing, that's sins of judgment. And so when we talk about these things, we're just saying, these are the things that we can bring before God and God can redeem, God can cleanse and God can set us free from just because he's that good. Amen. Amen.
2: So what does transgenderism actually mean? It's denoting or relating to a person whose sense of personal identity and gender does not correspond with their birth sex. So the term transsexual was first introduced in 1949 by David Oliver Caldwell. And then later on in 1966, it was much more popularized by Harry Benjamin. And the term transgender came around at the same time. There was a Gallup poll that established that about 0.6% 0.6% of the population is actually considers themselves transgender and that's right around 1.4 million people. And then also when it comes to transgender itself, you know, the terminology LGBTQ, there's each one of them has a different different meaning behind it. That's the T within within that phraseology. So basically yeah. once again it's that those people who flow are are quote unquote gender fluid and who flow from one gender to another, no matter what their biology says, that they identify simply because they feel a certain way, they identify after a different sex that's not their biology.
3: So what does the Bible talk about transgenderism? Because you know, you look at the Word of God and sometimes people are like, I opened my Bible and I went to my concordance and looked for transgender yep. and I didn't find it. So I guess God has nothing to say about it. So this is the whole reason we're doing this course on biblical worldview, sexuality. It's to get into the Word of God and says, what is again, what is God's original plan and design? And then how does the enemy try to take us off of that?
1: Man, I know that that blessed you. And the Word of God is just so clear on these issues today that it seems like everybody else is so confused about. I tell you, if you are a true born again believer, you do not have the freedom to just sit there and choose your sex. God created you, and when you don't go by what God created you to be, you are anti God. And you may YOU MAY NOT MEAN THAT FROM YOUR HEART, BUT THAT REALLY IS THE TRUTH. THE WORD OF GOD IS CLEAR ON THIS, AND MIKE AND CARRIE JUST DID A GREAT JOB. I ENCOURAGE YOU TO GET THIS WHOLE TEACHING. REMEMBER THAT TOMORROW IS GOING TO BE THE LAST DAY THAT I ADVERTISE THIS NEW BIBLICAL WORLDVIEW uh, TEACHING ON SEXUALITY. IT WILL BE OUR LAST DAY TO ADVERTISE IT. YOU COULD STILL CALL OR GO TO OUR WEBSITE AND RECEIVE IT, BUT TOMORROW IS OUR LAST DAY TO ADVERTISE THIS. TOMORROW, I'LL BE MINISTERING SPECIFICALLY ON TOLERANCE AND LOVE. THAT'S GOING TO BE REALLY GOOD. BUT WE'VE GOT A LOT OF GREAT THINGS IN HERE. I ENCOURAGE YOU TO LISTEN TO OUR ANNOUNCER. HE'S GOING TO SHOW YOU ALL OF THE THINGS THAT YOU CAN GET IN HERE. AND PLUS, WE'RE MAKING A PACKAGE DEAL WHERE YOU GET MY ORIGINAL TEACHING ON BIBLICAL WORLDVIEW, 12 HOURS WORTH OF TEACHING AS A PACKAGE DEAL WITH THIS. IT'LL BE A BLESSING. SO LISTEN TO OUR ANNOUNCER, AND PLEASE CALL AND RECEIVE THESE MATERIALS TODAY.
0: Today, Andrew's pleased to offer the next topic in the Biblical Worldview series, titled, Biblical Worldview Sexuality. In this series, Andrew's joined by Alex McFarland, Bill Federer, Dwayne Sheriff, Greg Moore, and Mike and Carrie Pickett, as they outline the importance for every Christian believer to have a biblical worldview with regard to sexuality. Each of the 12 lessons includes a video, audio file, chapter lesson, and printable PDF, wrapped in a single box set, containing a workbook, audio USB, and personal access code to the online videos. Through the online platform, you'll have access to all of the videos and digital workbooks on your computer or smart device. You can get Biblical Worldviews Sexuality today for only $120. Or you can receive Biblical Worldview Sexuality as part of the Biblical Worldview package, which includes both installments from Andrew's Biblical Worldview series, Foundational Truths and Sexuality. This package has a catalog value of $240, but you can get them both today for only $197. Go to awmi.net to order these valuable resources today. While there, you can discover more product details and download additional free resources. Or you can call our helpline 24 hours a day, five days a week, Monday through Friday at 719-635-1111. To write us, use the address on your screen. We appreciate your generosity and hope to hear from you today.
1: If YOU HAVEN'T YET PARTNERED WITH US, I'D LIKE TO ENCOURAGE YOU TO PRAY ABOUT IT. AND THEN IF THE LORD SAYS SO, JOIN WITH US. BECAUSE WE ARE TAKING THE GOSPEL NOT ONLY THROUGH TELEVISION, BUT WE'VE GOT OVER 70 uh, DIFFERENT LOCATIONS AROUND THE WORLD, OFFICES, I THINK IN 16 DIFFERENT NATIONS. Uh, WE HAVE uh, PROBABLY 8,000 STUDENTS GOING THROUGH CARIS BIBLE COLLEGE AT ANY TIME WITH OVER 8,000 GRADUATES. WE'RE PUMPING OUT MILLIONS AND MILLIONS OF FREE MATERIAL THROUGH OUR WEBSITE, OVER 200,000 FREE HOURS OF MATERIAL ON OUR WEBSITE. AND WE'RE JUST REACHING ALL AROUND THE WORLD. WE COULDN'T DO IT WITHOUT PARTNERS. AND SO I WOULD LIKE TO ASK YOU TO PRAY ABOUT IT. IF YOU WANT TO MAKE A DIFFERENCE, I BELIEVE THAT THIS IS A GOOD MINISTRY. YOU'LL GET A GREAT RETURN, NOT ONLY IN HEAVEN, BUT IN THIS LIFE YOU'LL RECEIVE A hundredfold. SO JOIN WITH US AND BECOME A PARTNER WITH ANDREW WOMACK MINISTRIES TODAY.
3: As a woman, you are called to thrive. You are created to know and be known by God. Experience unity with God and learn what it means to thrive in the vine. God's purpose for your life is so big and so important. You are His first choice. Do you know God loves you excessively? We are called to speak forth. We are called to prophesy. You are royalty. The violent take it by force. We're your daughters. We're linking shields. Cultivate fruit in the Word and release yourself into a deeper purpose at the 2020 Women Rise Conference, November 5th through the 7th.
1: I want to let you know that we have now started a Caris Daily Live Bible Study. We've been doing a Bible study every Tuesday night live for about two years, but now we have five days a week. We've VARIED THE TIMES SO THAT WE CAN ACCOMMODATE ANYBODY'S SCHEDULE. AND IT'S GOING TO REALLY BE GOOD. WE'RE GOING TO USE OUR INSTRUCTORS FROM THE SCHOOL AND IT'LL BE A BLESSING. SO REMEMBER, WE NOW HAVE A Keras DAILY LIVE BIBLE STUDY FIVE DAYS A WEEK.